0: Bible reading this morning is taken from John chapter 15, and I'll be reading from verses 12 to 17. This is what Jesus says. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other.
1: Well good morning. Um, If you're not familiar with uh how things happen here at Grosvenor, what I would love you to do is not to close your Bible, or if you have, to pick it up again and turn back to page 1083, because what we're going to be doing over the next little while is looking at God's Word, and I'm going to be helping us um, understand it and apply it, but we need together be to be checking if what I'm saying is what the Bible says, so do have the passage open in front of you. Um, Thank you for those of you who are praying for um, some of us who are at the Irish Preachers Conference earlier this week. Uh, Really grateful for your prayers. We had a fabulous time. I first went to that conference in 2008, and I think there were about uh, 40 people gathering, and many of those uh, were folk who come from other countries to help um, the Irish church. Now, uh, this year, I think we had over 110 there. And many, many folk who are originally from Ireland, which just is an encouraging sign that God is building his church in this country. So, so do be encouraged. Um, as Alison said, we are thinking about our motto verse uh, for the year, and uh, you'll, you'll have been given these on your way in, uh, John fifteen 13. I'm going to ask for God's help as we come and have a look at this verse and the verses around it as we pray together. Let me pray. Our gracious Father, as we look into a new year, we need your help. This morning, we need your Holy Spirit. May he speak to us through your word that we might know more of you and more how you want us to live, and ultimately that we might see more of your Son. We, we pray what we were singing earlier, may the love of Jesus fill us as the waters fill the sea, him exalting us abasing. This is victory. Please do this work, we pray. Amen. So, Tuesday, 1.4 million copies were sold in a single day. Do people know what I'm talking about? Spare, Prince Harry's autobiography memoir, Um, They reckon 1.4 million copies sold in a single day. The best-selling non-fiction book in a single day of all time. Um, Which is really quite phenomenal. Whatever you think about it, whatever you feel about such a book, or whether you have any feelings about it at all, um, isn't this a haunting line? Listen to this. He's talking about the fact that he longed for a hug from his grandmother, the English monarch. I never had done and couldn't imagine any circumstance under which such an act might be sanctioned. It never happened. And he could never imagine it ever happening. I mean, here's a man uh, so different from us in so many ways. I mean, uh, none of us are millions Um, copies, selling authors, I I suspect, but also in a million other ways, very different. And yet, so similar. Because he longs to be loved. And don't we? We we long to experience a love that fills us. And to love in that kind of way, too. I wonder what you think the greatest love is maybe you've been watching some of the uh, sort of christmas films is it is it romantic love sexual love I, is it the bond between a parent and a child maybe it's national love well i wonder if verse 15 verse sorry chapter 15 verse 13 is a surprise to us let me read it to you again Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus says the greatest love, well, it's a friendship love. And we're going to think this morning about what this greatest love is like and how, if we're Christians, it's actually love that we know. And love that we're commanded to show. Jesus is speaking these words to his friends. He's surrounded by the disciples. It's that meal that he had on the night before he was about to die. And he knows that it's the last moments with them. Uh, John's gospel tells us that the time has come, which means he is heading towards the cross. And here... And actually, all the way through these chapters, what he is doing is he is preparing them for the time when he has gone. And here he tells them how to relate to one another. And so, verse 12, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. But how did he love them? How has he loved us? What is this greatest love? Well, first, it's a love that sacrifices, a love that sacrifices. Verse 13 again, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Now, I wonder, as Jesus was sat there at that meal, surrounded by his disciples, and they heard him say that, did they also recall some of the other things that he'd said? I and the father are one. I came down from heaven. You see, it's one thing for a human to give his life for another human. And yes, Jesus is fully human, but more than that, as he spoke those words to those disciples, here is the one who was there at the beginning of time. The one who was with God and the one who was God. Here is the one through whom all things were made. Here is the one who is the eternal Son of God. There is no one greater. And he lacked nothing. And yet he chose not to serve himself, but to love others. Not to love himself first. He willingly came to lay down his life For his friends. As Jesus said those words to his disciples. and, And he called them friends. I wonder did they realize what kind of friends they were. You see only a few hours later. When Jesus needed them most. They were nowhere. They'd abandoned him. Peter his closest maybe. Disowned him. You see, Jesus knew what kind of friends they were, and yet he willingly came to lay down his life. What great love. And not just for failures like them, actually for failures like you and me. You see, Jesus knew them. Jesus knows us. He he knows what kind of friends we are To, to, to him. I mean, how easily, I'm in that situation and there's an opportunity to talk about Jesus and and I choose, well, to be liked by the people I'm talking to rather than admit I I know Jesus. He knows what kind of friends we are to each other. How easily we think, oh, what do I want? Or what am I not getting? Rather than loving those around us. Jesus knows and yet, he laid down his life for us. My Lord, what love is this that pays so dearly that I, the guilty one, may go free? Amazing love. Oh, what sacrifice. The Son of God given for me. Here is a love that sacrifices. Do you know what that means for us here this morning? If you are trusting in Jesus, if we are trusting in Jesus, well, then we are free from needing to perform. Jesus' friendship with us, his love for us, doesn't depend on, on us or even on how good a friend we are at times, but on him. We're free from craving human love and expecting that to fill us listen to to this quote from a, a person called Henry Nguyen no friend or lover no husband or wife no community or commune will be able to put to rest our deepest cravings for unity and wholeness this is burdening others with divine expectations now Of course, it's it's right to wish that that parent had hugged us. Or that maybe there was someone with us through life who was our just nearest and dearest and soulmate. There's nothing wrong with longing for that. Maybe just that wish that we were reconciled with that sibling. But actually, only the love of Christ will truly fill us. And if we're those who know Jesus, we know we are loved. Not not by some earthly queen, but by the monarch of heaven, the Son of God for all eternity. And that means we're free to love sacrificially, to love as Jesus loved. Because Jesus loved us, well, with more love than we know what to do with. And so we can love others, even without needing them to love us back. Maybe you're here today, you're, you're not a follower of Jesus, or you're not really sure. Um, can I ask you, do, do you find that the places that you go looking for for love and friendship, well, it, it doesn't work to the depth that you want to. It, it doesn't sort of really fill you as you hoped? Well, this is why. Because before we were made for a relationship with one another, we were made for the God who made us and to be loved by him. But we think we're better off doing life without him. So, so we spurn his love, we ignore him and we exchange him for other love. But here's why Jesus came, to lay down his life. To offer anyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, to offer us forgiveness and this love. Now, maybe you're you're really not sure about whether that is true or you believe it or what that means for you. I'd love to chat to you afterwards about this. Or or maybe come along on Tuesday night to Christianity Explored. People have found found it such a helpful course. To look at what Jesus has done for us. He's loved us with a love that sacrifices. The greatest love. And secondly, a love that shares. A love that shares. Right. Um, Teenagers, and maybe even some of those in your 20s, um, I'm going to use an old-fashioned word here. I want to see if any of you recognize it. Okay? You probably won't recognize it. It's so old. Okay, ready? Facebook. Now, w- let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, a long time ago, I think it was about 2007, um, a friend of mine called Audrey uh, decided that she was going to try and get 1,000 Facebook friends. And uh, she worked really hard at it. And like, I don't know who she was friending, all sorts of random people. And I think she got to her 1,000. But what she realized they weren't really friends at all. It didn't really mean much, a- and we know that, w- don't we? We know what makes a real friend. It's not clicking some some button. It's someone you can really share with. W- where your sharedness—it's I- not just about shared interests. So it's not that you both love rock climbing or baking, or even necessarily shared past. You're both from Galway. I- it's that you share your deepest struggles, thoughts, loves, longings, joys. Um, over New Year, I was with a uh, friend of mine, Sam. And we were on a coastal walk. And, well, you know, we chatted about uh, some of the uh, frivolous stuff like... Um, which Rugby Nation is the best in the world, or um, uh, what else were we chatting about, films and stuff like that. And we, we just messed, we enjoyed the walk, but we also chatted about some of the things that really matter. We, we shared how we really were. We, we talked about, you know, how were we doing it as fathers? or what we were just really longing for in the year to come, or or what our regrets were from the year just gone past. That's, Jesus says, that's the kind of friend he is to us. A friend who is intimate, who, who shares, and that's, well, the kind of friends that he has us, with him how close we are to him have a look at verses 14 and 15 you see he spells out the evidence if you like that these disciples are his friends the first thing he says is because they love like he loves so verse 14 you are my friends if you do what i command now it might sound like he's saying if you do what i command if you do well enough if you obey enough then i'll make you my friends um But actually, you look at the rest of the passage, it can't mean that. Verse 16, he says, he chose them, he appointed them, he makes them bear fruit. Verse 13, we've already seen, he died for them. So, So what he's really saying is, if you obey my commands, if you love as I love, well, that is the proof that you are my friends. And then he gives another proof. Verse 15, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Um, On this uh, conference I was at, I I met a guy who's actually a taxi driver. Um, He's also um, keen to teach God's word in the church. But what he does as a day job is a taxi driver. Now, um, when someone hops into his taxi in Galway City where he lives and they say, uh, you know, could you take me into the city center? Um, that person in the back of the car doesn't also go, hey, I, can I just tell you what I'm really struggling with in life? And uh, I'd just love to tell you my deepest feelings and my loves and, and my joys. And, and, and that guy, Bila, that taxi driver, he doesn't go to him, you know, Tel, tell me, you know, what's going on in your world? I'd love to know. No. He is just there to be asked to take someone into the city center. He, he's, a, he's a servant, if you like. And that's how that kind of relationship works. But friends, well, they know each other. They care about each other. They love each other because they share their deepest thoughts. And that's what Jesus is talking about in verse 15. He says, in, instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father. I have made known to you, his deepest heartbeat, a thousand Facebook followers, meaningless, really. Sorry, Audrey. One friend who, who pulls you aside, you know, after class at school or after church here and says, you know, I just really need to talk to you. I, I, I need to tell you something and get your help with something. It, it's really a big deal. We feel so privileged when the God of the universe calls those disciples, calls us friends, and then tells those disciples, tells us his very heart, it is the greatest honor ever. It's the greatest love, intimate, sacrificial, sharing, love. Do you know this friendship, love, wi- with Jesus and with one another? It's not a sort of lesser love. Listen to this quote. This is from um, a writer called Rebecca McLaughlin. Actually, her book is really excellent. I know some of you uh, teenagers, I think, were working through her sort of teenage version of the book last, tur- uh, last year, I think. But uh, I'm probably going to recommend her book, Confronting Christianity, next week. But listen to the quote. Anyway, here it is. Um, Friendship love isn't a lesser love, she says. In a biblical biblical framework, friendship isn't the consolation prize for those who fail to gain romantic love. You know, in fact, you could argue that both romantic love and parental love, well, are lesser than this kind of love. Because... You know, when romantic love wanes and, and, you know, it ebbs and flows. Or even when parental love, it just seems impossible. If there's no willingness to do this kind of love, sacrificial, sharing love, in those situations, then those relationships are on very dangerous ground. And do you know that actually both human marriage and parenting won't be in heaven amongst humans? No human marriage in heaven. No parents and children in heaven, only brothers and sisters. And yet this friendship, love, remains. This is love. The love that Jesus has shown us. And so we mustn't think that if someone isn't married or, or they don't have children, that somehow they don't know what love is. Actually, they might even understand better. greatest love how are we going to respond how should we respond this week this year 2023 if we let this motto seep down into our hearts and out in our lives what what would it look like what what difference will it make well verse 12 my command is this love each other As I have loved you. Or the memory song we were singing. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. This love here. Verse 12. It's actually talking about Christians with Christians. There's other places the Bible talks about loving wider than that. But, but here it's saying, well, look around. Look around you this morning. Now, we sort of don't want to do that. But, um, you know, out of the side of your eye. Look around you. It's about us loving each other. W- w- what does that look like? Well, it looks like cultivating Christ's like real friendships with one another. If you are married or or you have family or are Christians, then, well, then you should be loving like this in those relationships, but it it must be more than that. Christ-like real friendships that aren't superficial, that aren't just based on shared interests, but actually show sacrificial love saying oh, i am committed to caring for you what ones that really mean we share i'm open about my struggles and, and i care about yours where well, we love one another to talk enough about our love one another enough to talk about our faith and our doubts our suffering And our sin. Now it might be that you've been a a Christian for for many, many years. And a a devoted follower of Jesus. And and yet, you just find this a little difficult. I mean, how do I do this with others? What do I say? I'm going to give you two steps. Really simple. Just next time you're chatting, say what can I pray for you? What can I pray for you? And then once you've listened, step two, just pray for them. Amazing how that actually opens up our our hearts and ministers to them. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, (laughs) I've been coming here for years, but I actually don't really know anyone, and they don't know me, And yeah, at times in a gathering like this, it can be hard to cultivate those friendships. I was chatting to someone before Christmas who was just saying, like, I've got to tell you how important my home group is. It has just been brilliant in terms of getting to know people better and, and when we have struggled, they've just come around us and loved us and cared for us. And maybe for you it's, that you need to join a small group. It's one of the ways that a church this size where we can get to know each other and build these kind of friendships. And as we try to love as Jesus loves, well, what does it look like? Well, it looks like sacrifice. And it looks like sharing. Let me give you some real examples from our church life. Okay? What does it look like? Well, it looks like giving up your weekend. So the youth group were off to a a convention and uh, it was a few hours away and they were staying away for a couple of nights and there weren't enough male leaders and there wasn't enough folk to transport them. And so a retired couple here in the church gave up their weekend. They gave up seeing their blood family who lived closer to go and help take those teenagers up the road and spend time with them. It looks like Sundays, where we don't sort of show up wanting a show and grumble when we don't get it exactly how we like, but we come early to to put out the chairs or to practice the music or to um, go and join the prayer meeting at 10 o'clock to pray, or where we stay after. And we don't just talk to those we always talk to, We're those we like the most, but we talk to the lonely or to the new or those who are different. We don't rush off, but we take time to listen to to what another person is going through, to to really listen, to really love, to to maybe cry, to pray. It looks like long-term care. Um, there was a couple uh, uh, years back who were going through a really traumatic time in life. Really hard. And a good number of people knew about it. And at the beginning, people rallied around and loved them and supported them. But as time went on, you know, people got a little bit tired of just hearing how hard they were finding it. But there was one couple who stuck with them. Kept visiting, kept asking, kept praying. That is real love. It looks like love even when you get nothing back. There's one lady who who visited another um, church member lady who was in a nursing home and struggling with dementia. And that lady visited for days, weeks, years, and especially towards the end, got nothing, nothing back. And yet there's a love that sacrifices. What does it look like? It looks like serving. Those teenagers who, who give up their Wednesday night to come and help run the kids group here at church. Those crash helpers who are out there at the moment looking after church children so that parents can be in here to listen to the service. It looks like sacrifice. And it looks like sharing. And when we love like this, when we love as Jesus loved, we show Jesus' love to one another. But more than that, to the watching world, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. It's one of the greatest apologetics for the Christian faith, by which I mean um, arguments for reasons why it's real and true and powerful. One of the ways to persuade people that Jesus really is who he said he is and really is able to do what he said he would is that he's able to gather a bunch like us who so much of the time just want to serve ourselves and make us look out to others and make sacrifices and share. We show Jesus' love not just to one another but to the watching world. We long to be loved, don't we? And to love. If we know Jesus, we know the greatest love and can show the greatest love. Chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his Let me lead us in prayer. Almighty God, how wonderful, how awesome, how extraordinary it is that we could be so loved by the Lord Jesus. We thank you for his love for us, his willingness to lay down his life for us. And we pray as we dwell on that this morning, this week, this year, it would turn us out from ourselves to love as Jesus loved. Would you help us to see our, our Christian brothers and sisters, our, our friends around us in a new light? Would you help us to see who we could be intentionally loving and sacrificing and sharing with and we pray this that you might make us more and more the people you want us to be we pray this that others might see the power of jesus and come to know him but we pray this most of all that you might get the glory in Jesus' name amen We're just going to pause for a few moments while we uh, get Lord's Supper ready um, and we'll be sharing that together in a moment.